This is Life Beats. Life Beats. The Home Edition. With Sally Musa. Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. The author of Table Tales, The Global Nomad Cuisine of Abu Dhabi, Hanan Sayed Worrell, loves to bring people together to tell their stories over food, and the lockdown definitely hasn't stopped her from doing just that. She has launched a new distant social dinner society where guests get together for a dinner party over Zoom. And the concept has evolved in Ramadan to become iftar from afar. She created this in collaboration with NYU Abu Dhabi professor Jonathan Shannon. They actually modeled the idea on Boccaccio's Decameron, in which 10 Florentines fled to the hills to escape the ravages of the plague in 1348, each of them telling stories over the course of their 10-day sheltering in place. And in the same way, the Table Tales Distant Social Dinner Society consists of 10 diners each time sharing a virtual meal telling stories of and about food and community. And it's evolved during the holy month to celebrate the ability to still virtually share food as well as Ramadan stories and reflect on what lessons Ramadan offers us in these extraordinary times. They invite guests to share the Ramadan or festive dish for those who are not observing Ramadan because these dinners do include non-Muslims as well and what has been a family tradition in their home. So there was an amazing diverse group of people invited to break bread virtually, including the queen. Now, every dinner has to have a king or a queen in the Florentine tradition. And in this case, it was Sayyidah, Asma Sadiq Al Mutawa, the founder of Al Multaqa Cultural Salon. Others in last night's group included CNN's John Defterios. I hadn't seen John in a while, it was great. And two professors from the American University of Sharjah who were originally from China, Professors Xiao Jinchai and Yu Ting Wang who is the author of Between Islam and the American Dream, an immigrant Muslim community in post 9-11 America. I have to say I was totally fascinated hearing about the Muslim experience from a Chinese perspective. It was incredible. So we had at the virtual table, Moroccan food, Sudanese food, Emirati food, Persian food, Indonesian, Palestinian, Chinese, Yemeni, and more. It was truly extraordinary. It was so incredibly beautiful. For my part, you're probably wondering what I cooked. I had to go back to my roots. I made my mother's dolma for the very first time. Over the weekend, I was on a long one-hour call with my mom asking her about the recipe. I had seen her making it and sometimes I would join in, but I'd never really thought about the entire recipe all at once. And it is just incredibly beautiful. So dolma is one of those dishes that is incredibly colorful. There is so much going on in the one dish. It's basically stuffed vegetables. You can stuff anything. And the the thing about dolma is it takes whatever is in season right so it's a seasonal dish so whatever you have on hand that is what you will be stuffing in my case what i did yesterday i had stuffed vine leaves you've got to have those i had my favorite this is my favorite part and it's the stuffed onion 
because you get the sweet and sour going on with the caramelized onions, which are always at the bottom of the pot. Yes, unbelievable. It was actually brilliant. And also you've got the marrow or what we call kusa in Arabic. Uh, you can stuff tomatoes. I had tomatoes stuffed in there. I had capsicum. I had eggplant as well. And it's quite amazing. This particular dish doesn't waste anything because for your vegetables, you do have to, to core them and, and you have to get out, um, you know, the, the, the flesh inside the vegetable, but you don't throw it away. So what goes inside your vegetables, the stuffing, right? It consists of mostly rice and the Iraqis, they don't, they don't use the short grain rice. They use the basmati long grain rice. So you put that in there with lamb, chopped lamb that is finely chopped. And then you add to that a whole array of vegetables. So whatever is in the inside of the vegetables that you are going to be using to stuff, you, you add that to the mix as well. You add onion, garlic, you add parsley in there, you add these amazing spices. And I tell you what, it was such a heady mix. And when I finally put it on the stove and it started cooking, ah, oh, it was out of this world. The kitchen smelled like my mother's kitchen and it just took me back home instantly. And it was the most beautiful moment. And so when Hanan asked me to join the dinner, I was just thinking, what am I gonna make? And it had to be dolma. That was the only thing that was in my mind. And this was the first time I'd made it. I'd never made it before. And I was terrified that I was just gonna go to pieces because I'd never done it before by myself. Because I felt like it's sacred. It is just one of those things that I love only from my mother's hands. But I really had to make it and my kids loved it as well. That was my Iraqi roots there on the table. We had the Australian side always start with the butternut pumpkin soup. Absolutely beautiful. And you put a little bit of ginger in there for an amazing kick. And that is just lovely and it's light and it just, it's fragrant and it's gorgeous. The perfect way to start iftar after you have had your date, of course. And for dessert, I had to make something that reflects the Palestinian and Jordanian side as well. I had to make gataif, of course. We've talked about gataif before, how to make gataif on the show with Cooking with Zizi. Uh, but I tell you what, gataif are really special because I discovered them in the first Ramadan after I'd gotten married. Because that isn't really something that we did in our household. It's not really a very Iraqi thing, gataif. However, in the Levant, it's a huge, big deal. And they do it. So for my husband, that is a must-have in Ramadan. It's his must-have dessert. So I had to learn how to make it for him. And we did the, the traditional one stuffed with um, cheese and drizzled with the syrup, of course. Uh, but I had to make my dark chocolate and coconut ones. They're the ones that I really love and they're out of this world. If you missed the recipe, that is in the podcast for Cooking with Zizi. Absolutely phenomenal. But I just want to say a huge thank you to Hanan Sayed Worrell for inviting me to be part of it. And it was incredibly beautiful and it was amazing meeting virtually all these people and catching up with others as well. Um, and just looking at these dishes from all over the world, everybody got to talk about the dishes that they had made, the stories behind them, what it means, what Ramadan means to them, the traditions that they have. 
You know, I spoke about how in Australia, because you're a minority, Muslims are a minority in Australia, the way that Ramadan is celebrated is incredibly special. People really come out for the Taraweeh prayers. People really come out for the Eid prayers. In fact, because there aren't many mosques, you actually have people praying in stadiums. That's what that is like. And it's just, it's really amazing. And when you go in the evening after iftar time, when people are on their way to Taraweeh or coming back from the prayers, um, you will see the streets in, in the, the, the kind of what they call the Muslim areas. You'll see the, the restaurants, they'll have vendors outside, you know, doing kind of like a street food festival type of thing. It's very impromptu. So on the one street, you will have Indonesian food, you will have Malaysian food, Turkish food, Iraqi food, Lebanese food. You know, everything will just be there. And it just is the most beautiful thing for the senses. And um, the atmosphere is just something else. And I love that so much about Ramadan in Australia. Let me know your memories and your stories and your traditions around Ramadan. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Get us at Pulse95 Radio. And of course, as well, you can get me at Sally Musa as well. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.